All right, welcome back in on the Blitz 1170 on this Friday. Happy, happy Friday, everyone, as we head into another weekend. And since it is Friday, that means we get to hit up the Homeboy Hotline and welcome in Dr. Chris Crane from Tulsa Bona Joint, our favorite homeboy when it comes to doctors here on the Blitz 1170. What's up, Dr. Crane? How are you today? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Not too bad. How's the uh, allergies hanging with you right now? And I know the fluctuation in weather is always wonderful this time of year. Uh, it's been particularly brutal the last week. Uh, you know, you don't need to breathe through your nose. It's entirely optional. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I often marvel at the people that you just pass now that are just walking around with their mouth open. I'm like, we have a lot of open mouths around here. And I'm like, oh, that's because that's the only way that they can actually get air right now. There's no, there's no use in trying to breathe through the nose. <laughs> And it really adds some adrenaline and some uh, danger element to eating food because now you could just suffocate and die mid-bite, and you got you got a plan for that. There is, uh, there's no doubt, no doubt at all. All right, uh, what I wanted to discuss with you today, it is somewhat of a just a generic topic, but I think it is prevalent given the news that came out this week. Um, this is year number two for the NFL Players Association team report cards, and it's caused uh, quite a bit of controversy over the last year or so, and it has been more of a way of the NFLPA kind of strong-arming some of these teams that just neglected certain areas of the organization into fixing them through public shaming. And it's worked through a majority of the teams. There have been a handful of teams, though, have decided, yeah, we made some promises. We just didn't follow, follow through with them. Now, some of these categories will apply to what we do here on this segment. Some won't, such as treatment of families and the food in the cafeteria and the nutrition dietitian portion of this in locker room. But there are a couple of things, though, that I think do apply. And that is a spot for training room and a spot for training staff when it comes to NFL teams. Now, many people out there may just think that this is common across the the league, that everyone has a set standard. There are standards through the players agreement and players association that they have to reach, but some have four in the staff. Some have six in the training room. It just depends various um, organizations and how they like to operate. Well, all these grades have prompted responses. So I thought I'd ask you on the local high school front and where we're at now with high schools in, in this state, and I know some of them fall into the lower category and they do not have the, the funds to help provide this, but should there be some sort of set standard for training staff and also training rooms such as work uh, weight rooms and maybe uh, some of the other facilities across high school sports here in this state with the schools that it can afford it doc and what would those look like to you yeah that's a good question and this is something that we talk about from a coverage standpoint because we we have seen uh, recent newsworthy things of of cardiac arrests commodial cortis on the field we've seen you know different things that can go on there's there's definitely uh, a need for a support staff around athletics not just football we talk about football a lot but we're talking about all of the sports that are going to go through this training room and I think you, you got to have at the very very bare minimum some degree of athletic training presence that to me that seems like the goal that every school should strive to meet and that's Again, depending on the resources from the school, maybe that's easy to do, and that seems like a ridiculously low bar. 
but for other schools or for rural schools that don't have that sort of expertise nearby, that can be a difficult baseline to reach. And it depends, and not just in Oklahoma, but other states too. And so to me, having at least a baseline medical knowledge to help guide these kids as they're going through sports. When you look at these surveys from the NFL, I mean, at some point, these guys are getting paid tremendous amounts of money. And that's a completely different setup than if you're a high school kid that's just trying to play maybe for fun or to be a little competitive. And so I think that we need to to make sure to have at least a bare minimum support for our kids if we can have it, and then it's only up from there. Depending on the size of school, should there be a requirement for a certain number of people that are there with a, with a level of training. And look, some of the big 6A schools do incredible things here in this state and very happy with where we are through the larger schools. Um, but as we start to trickle down a little bit, and there's still a significant number of people that are running through that are playing that sport individually, it just seems like that we should have a necessary number and also maybe necessary equipment that is kind of standard in most training rooms. Well, and what you see in some of the smaller schools is that they might share an athletic trainer who, who goes to different schools on different days and is only there for, for part of the time, but at least gives them the option to have a day where they can seek care, ask questions, um, and that's important to have. And that sort of helps to also branch out the maybe the costs and the uh, issues associated with bringing on that kind of expertise across multiple schools. Uh, and that's that can be one solution to that. And then especially we talk a lot about concussions. And again, not just in football, but other sports. And that's something that can be very subjective, very difficult for kids to report and even more difficult for coaches sometimes to discern uh, because that's just not their training. That's not what they're there to do. And so I think as a emerging injury that we're understanding better, we're, we're understanding more of and we're diagnosing more of, that's something that the special tools that they've developed to help measure reaction time, measure balance. Those are sorts of things that I would love for every school to have access to. And that, that is a struggle to, to do as well. Is that kind of the next phase to you when we talk about sports medicine at the high school level? Is that kind of the next phase and what is, what is needed? Um, what, if you were to say, all right, how do we, if, not saying you can fix it completely, but if you had the magic wand, like, all right, what do we need from a sports medicine perspective at, at high school level of competition? Is that some of what you talked about that would go a long way to helping make this an easier process? We always need more athletic trainers and more athletic training staff. That is, that is a need I don't foresee us ever completely filling, and that's something that will always be in demand. And their job is so important uh, in, in what they do for those kids. The technology behind this is is getting more accessible. It's one of those things where they're starting to get to where there's apps on your phone that can help you diagnose concussions and manage that sort of thing. There's, it's it's not so much that you need to buy expensive equipment. The goal, I think, from a technology and a society standpoint, should be to make this stuff more accessible, so that you don't have to have expensive equipment. You can have uh, even in a bare training room with less things and less fancy toys that you still have the right ability to diagnose and help treat these kids through the injuries that, that we know they're going to be getting through these sports. What kind of fueled your passion, Doc? I don't. I, maybe we talked about this the first time that we met, but you, you said there's always a need. Uh, I do think there are some really good programs around here that are helping kind of push kids into that direction if that's what their interests lie uh, that then they take the next step in their education. But what, what sparked your interest? Is there anything that we can do to help kind of fuel that passion for more uh, young people? 
I think you just got to get into it and kind of see. I mean, I think one of the big experiences for me was shadowing, which is zero liability. You just show up and say, hey, I want to see what this job is like. And that helps you understand what they actually do. I think that it's hard to know that without seeing it. And so especially from me trying to get into medicine and to become a doctor and to understand what those different doctors do, I didn't have a doctor in my family to have already guided me through a lot of that just with life experience. So I shadowed and I followed different doctors and I, I just saw what their jobs were like and how they helped people. And uh, it turned out the, the type of medicine that drew me in the most were injuries and treating those injuries and seeing the motivation in the patients, whether that's a high school kid or whether that's an older adult, that they want to get back to that level of activity. They want to still be doing the things that they love and to help them get back to that is just super rewarding. And so for me, that was the draw, but I got there because I looked around and shadowed and tried to understand what my options even were. I think a lot of times it's hard to know that you can do a thing because you just don't fully comprehend what they do day to day. It does seem to be though getting a little bit better, uh, at least from some of the individuals I talk to that are going through like programs at the university. It's also that I deal with on a weekly basis during football season. There seems to be at least some form of growth in that area where you're seeing a, lar a large interest in it. Yeah, fantastic program. Worked with some of them in my fellowship. Um, love to see the training that they get and to work with them on the sidelines. And the athletic training, the team that's around the medicine standpoint, I mean, as a doctor, I'm not doing all of the work. In fact, a lot of the work on the sidelines gets done by the athletic trainers and the staff that they have to help them. And so it's, it's, it's crucial and it's always in need. And they, it, every single one of them I work with has a passion for these, these kids and helping them and being there for them in these sports. And that's amazing to see. Have you seen any of the controversy that's come out of the NFL combine over the last 24 hours or so? And if you hadn't, it is the quarterback that is thought to be going number one overall in Caleb Williams being the first player ever to refuse to go through any of the medical process in Indianapolis where all the team doctors and the league doctors go through and and formulate all of the uh, different medicals that get distributed to the NFL teams. And Caleb Williams is like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm not going to do that here. I'll just wait until my pro day and we'll go through it there. It's caused quite the uh, controversy and has some people miffed about, we never have seen this happen before and have a young man basically tell us no when it comes to the medical. Yeah. And that's, uh, again, we talk a lot about just having their best interest in mind and that's got to be a driving force. I mean, you think you can, you can bend to pressures external all day long, but it's it's nice to see agency for I'm going to prioritize me first. I'm going to prioritize my health care, and that doesn't necessarily mean I have to involve or participate in any of the external stuff till I'm happy with that. Yeah, and uh, that seems like a, a perfect scenario and a perfect explanation, but the NFL doesn't work that way, and they are, <laughs> they are absolutely destroying him right now uh, for his – one, not wanting to compete at the Combine, and then also now pulling this. So I can't wait to see which hot takes end up 
tumbling out of Indianapolis here over the next couple of weeks or so. Uh, if you would like uh, any information on Dr. Crane, you can find it at the website, TulsaBoneandJoint.com. You can go right there on the staff uh, tab, and you can scroll down and see what some of his specialties are. 918-246-5224 is the phone number there for the Sand Springs location at Tulsa Bone and Joint. Uh, and if you need to uh, book an appointment or anything else, just go to that website, TulsaBoneandJoint.com. Doc, we will check in again with you uh, coming up next week. Always appreciate your time and uh, hope you enjoy your weekend, sir. Sounds great. Talk to you then. That is Dr. Chris Crane, who's joining us here on The Blitz 1170. We'll take a time out and come back with much, much more next here on The Blitz and streaming live on The Blitz 1170 app.